Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Sports Radio 929 The Game and 929game.com. Good Sunday morning, everybody. Nine floors up in the Kia Studios, uh, as they usually are at this time of day, but but not with the usual person. The usual person is 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 missing. I think we know where he is. We know where he is. <laughs> Sam Critchow with you this morning, along with Jason Longshore, who's got a quick turnaround, folks. He was just over at the Benz, <laughs> but having a lot of fun over there. Wishing you good morning. Welcome into Sports Radio 929 The Game. We're going to be with you from 6 until 9, and we're going to get you started uh, on this Sunday, this game day Sunday, as the Falcons are on the road this week playing up in Detroit, up in Motown against a Different kind of cat. The Lions is a little shown to be a little different this year. Yeah, than normally Lions come into this favored though, but I I like where these Falcons are right now. I I'm do. enjoying this team. I am. I am. I'm enjoying this team. I'm enjoying a team that we focus on the defense, and that's that's something in recent years we're like, eh, are we going to play defense today? This group comes out and plays defense every week. You go out in the offseason, and that was what the priority was. Upgrade the defense, and they felt like they had the weapons on offense, and then they went and they added another one in B. John Robinson, who is one of the most exciting players in the league right now. Yep. I mean, the question, and I don't, not really too worried about it at the moment, is can Desmond Ritter go out and win games for you when you need him to go out and win that game? Last week was a pretty good performance from him down the stretch where you needed it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. And I guess as things progress and go along, we're going to see him open up the playbook for him yeah. a little bit more. Uh, eventually, he's going to be in a situation where he's going to have to win a game for you. But right now, and you'll distribute the ball, get it in the hands of the playmakers, and let the playmakers make plays. If you're having problems with the passing game, lean on the run game. You know that's your bread and butter. And, uh, you know, do those type things and let the defense help you out. So it's worked so far this season. Let's see how it works in Detroit. We're going to talk about that today. Also going to talk about a big day of college football uh, yesterday. Uh, number one team in the country remains number one. Never to be in doubt, though, right? No, never a doubt. Better start this time for Georgia. Um, some issues on the defensive side, which really hadn't been one of the, the talking points for them coming into this. 
Look, they got a different kind of opponent next week. You got to go on the road in conference. We'll see what that looks like. I think if there's any questions about Georgia, it just revolves around the schedule so far. We haven't seen them tested. It'll be more of a test this upcoming week, but it's hard to take a lot out of these games that they've played so far. Yeah, it really is. And you, and you follow what the coach has to say. You're just basically fine-tuning. You're fine-tuning things. And even he had to say, though, people really count the people who are missing from this team. Okay. All right, all right, and some thoughts from Coach after the game last night. All right. Kirby didn't want to give his thoughts after the game last night. Maybe he didn't. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe some of those thoughts are, aren't suitable. Yeah, maybe, though. Maybe, but we can say these some some of the numbers, though. Carson Beck, 22 of 32, 338 yards through the air. That was great last night. And Brock Bowers. Something you were looking for. We were waiting for him to have this kind of game. Uh, nine receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. That's what we were waiting for from him, and we got to see that last night. That was yeah. big. Brock Bowers is just a monster. Uh, I think one of the big stories coming out of this is 100 games for Kirby Smart at Georgia, 85 wins. That's faster to that number than Saban, than Bear Bryant, than Spurrier, than Fulmer, and any other SEC coach in history. Now, Kirby had a good joke about the the schedule, and maybe I think he said something like, well, maybe I haven't played anybody. But this is what Georgia wanted when they went out and made that bold decision. And, you know, you flash back to that time, Georgia was in a comfortable spot, but it was maybe starting to slip with Mark Richt, who did a great job in Athens. Oh, absolutely. But it had gotten to a point to where it was good. It wasn't good enough to win championships, and that was the goal, and that was the the remit that, that Kirby Smart was given, go out and win things. He's done that. And the target clearly was the people down I-20 in Tuscaloosa. Mm-hmm. They were clearly the target. Nick Saban was getting everything right, uh, getting all the players. He had talent stacked up uh, three deep at very talented positions. You hire someone who's worked along with him, bring some of that and put it into the recipe at Georgia. And now they're the ones with the crowded rooms. Now, question, how are you feeling about Nick Saban in 2023 and this Alabama team? They came back. They beat Ole Miss yesterday. Looked a little more like Alabama in the second half. Looked a little bit more like themselves. But, boy, the first half was a struggle. They're losing at halftime to Ole Miss. And I think if they're, they in Oxford, if they're in Oxford, they may have lost that yeah, game. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. I think for Alabama, do they have a quarterback? Do they have a quarterback who can go out and win big games for them? Kind of like what we were just talking about with Desmond Ritter. I'm not sure that they do. Yeah. I mean, Milrow pulled them through yesterday. I think they're going to have to ride with him. Yeah, I, I don't I think mean, they have another option. For the sake of the team, for right. the sake of the team, you got to pick one and, 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 and stay with it. Right. And that's what they're going to do. But, man, they got a lot of football ahead of them. And a lot of other teams have seen weaknesses. With this yeah. Alabama team, they're really going to have to scrap this season. Now, flip it. I'll, I'll ask you. I'd, I'd love to get your opinion on this. Carson Beck and Georgia. And and look, they haven't played anybody yet to really get a good grasp of where he is. There are other players in that quarterback room that people have talked about. But this is this is what we've done at Georgia for the last few years, yeah. even with Stetson Bennett winning national championships. It was always the other guy. Is Carson Beck the guy in Athens, in your mind? Uh, oh, he's definitely the guy. I mean, the other, other guys got a chance to play. You know, uh, got to play some yesterday. And that's important. 
That's important in games like this that other yeah. people get a chance to see the field and play, considering this guy we got coming from over in Beaufort next year. Yeah. Uh, you know, so uh, understand what you understand what you're looking at, folks. You got to get those guys out on the field some uh, to get them an opportunity to play. Somebody's got to make some decisions, you know, when this season is done. So I understand what was happening at all. But right now, Beck is the guy who's shown himself to be the leader. He's the one that the team seems to follow. Mm-hmm. And uh, until he goes out and just, you know, has an awful game, I think he's the guy you have to stick with. Yeah, I think he's the guy to stick with. I'm just not sure if he is the all-caps guy. I, I'm not yeah. sure yet if he is that player. We, and you don't we, really know until they get until that Until you test. Get, to that t- get to that test. We right. saw a couple of quarterbacks in the big game last night, the Notre Dame-Ohio State game. We saw two fantastic quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, in a game that came right down to the final second and just a gut-wrenching loss for Notre Dame. Uh, Ohio State obviously coming out with the win in that one. It's just an amazing finish. How in the world, in the last two plays of the game on the one, do you have 10 players on the field? How? How do you do that? I don't know. And and the conversation that I just don't understand from Marcus Freeman, Notre Dame's coach, of, you know, we can't afford a penalty. It's a half yard. Yeah. What's more important? An 11th player, especially considering where the ball went, was where that player would have been. What's more important, the player or the half yard? Come on. Like, you have to. You throw somebody on the field to get the penalty. Yeah. You throw one of your assistants. You launch him. You pick him up, and you (laughs) throw him on the field to get that penalty. Give him a half yard. Yeah. Because you've got to be able to stop that play. Can't do it with 10. Yeah. Blow, blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind that it happened, that it happened twice, mm-hmm. and that it was explained about not wanting a half-yard penalty. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, folks, of course, we're just getting started this morning. we got to go down and praise baseball. Obviously, Atlanta United getting the win. They've clinched the playoff spot. More college football. But right now, Eric, can we do our, uh, our stories of the week? Time for Sam and Greg's story of the week. Could be sports. Grapefruit League activity. Could be news. Could be entertainment. This is our first time on the VMAs. It could be, well, anything. You know what I'm saying? Sam and Greg's story of the week on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Here's Sam and Greg. Okay. All right, folks. Um, we got stories of the week. I know one that jumps out for me. Uh, it is sports related. Jason, you got something? Yeah, mine, mine's sports-related, and, and look, I'm the soccer guy, right? I'm going to come in with a soccer story as the story of the week. And it's not Atlanta United. We're going to talk about them here in just a bit. It's the kind of changing of the guard when it comes to the U.S. women's national team. And they did not get the opportunity to go out the way that they wanted in the World Cup. They weren't good enough, frankly. It just comes down to they didn't convert their chances. They weren't good enough in those moments, and maybe the guard needed to be changed a little earlier. Mm-hmm. That's a... Valid conversation, and we'll just have to see what happens with this next generation. But this week has been a goodbye to Julie Ertz, who is one of the all-time greats in a couple different positions for the U.S. Women's National Team. She said her goodbyes on Thursday in Cincinnati, played a little over 30 minutes, subbed out in the first half to get the ovation. And tonight it's Megan Rapino, And these are two players who have, in very, very different ways, defined U.S. women's soccer and a team that won back-to-back World Cups, which is a very rare feat in the men's game or the women's game. And it's 
it's an opportunity to reflect on everything that they accomplished on the field, off the field, all the changes we've seen in the women's game, but also you do start to look at who's coming next. Right. And you have to at this time. And I, I think Ertz and Rapino both want to see that next generation come in and hit the ground running and not feel, I don't know, weighed down by the legacies that right. these two are leaving. They want Trinity Rodman to be that next world superstar. You know, they want Naomi Gurma to be the next best center back in the world. And it's just a it's a, a weird time for the U.S. women's game just because of coming up short in the World Cup. They didn't lose. They didn't lose a game. They got knocked out on penalties. They couldn't win games. Yeah. So it has this weird taste right now. It's not how you want to end your career, but I hope it doesn't in any way take away from the memories of Rapino and Ertz, two of the all-time greats. Yeah. Me, I got a couple. We'll get into one later when I get into local stories because one of them obviously is Georgia State being 4-0. Um, and the football season, 4-0 starts, something that's never happened before. My story is in Tallahassee, Florida, where this year uh, some history is going to be made. Florida A&M is going to host the uh, Florida High School State Football Championships. Uh, in years past, they've been played in two locations, a field in Tallahassee, a field in Miami. But to have those games, all nine games, uh, December 7th through 9th, played at an HBCU facility for that facility, for that facility to, be, to be deemed worthy of having the top teams and the top talent in that state come and play on that field. Uh, what an opportunity. And to tip of the cap to everyone there at Florida A&M that's going to host it at Bragg Memorial Stadium, I think it is huge. People talk about HBCUs and games and tailgating and homecoming and bands. It's got nothing to do with any of that. But it has something to do with displaying your facility and getting those players to see that facility and compare it to other places they visited. Can you see yourself coming to play at this place? And I think it's huge. That they're doing it, I think it's historic. And, uh, you know, the stadium right now seats about 20,000, 21,000. They're working on doing some more renovations. They've already upgraded new scoreboard and turf and everything. And um, so I think that's great. To me, that was a story week because I can't think of any other state that has entrusted their state football championships to an on-campus facility at an HBCU. So I think that is huge that uh, Florida is doing that, and I commend everybody for getting that done. Yeah, love it. I, I would love to see something like that here in Georgia, to be perfectly honest. Yep. Well, and let's see, we have one of a facility that would want to host that. I know Alabama has a great place down in Montgomery, Alabama State. Mm -hmm. Right now, it's going to be hard to pull those games out of Tuscaloosa or Auburn yeah. because that's an alternating year since where they go. Right. Kids look forward to playing at those facilities. But I'm great to see that they're going to get to play at Florida and in the state of Florida. All right, folks, we're just getting started on this uh, Sunday morning. As we get set for Falcons football later today here on Sports Radio 929 The Game, 929TheGame.com. Last night, the lights were on in the bins. A big win, three points, and clinching a postseason spot. Atlanta United, five stripes are there and got some momentum heading to the end of this regular season. We're going to talk about that and more. You stay with us on this Sunday morning. Got Jason Longshore in the house, Sam Crenshaw. You stay with us here on Sports Radio 929 The Game at 929TheGame.com. Sports Radio 9290 Game, 9290Game.com. Uh, we got Sam and Jason, and we got Eric on the other side of the glass on this Sunday morning. Glad you're with us. And uh, later on today, John Fricky is at McRae's Tavern in Smyrna uh, from 1230 to 230. He'll be there hanging out if you want to go out and hang out with him. He'll be there until a game starts. Um, so if you want to do that as part of your game day experience, do that. Of course, we invite you to listen here on Sports Radio 9290 Game. 
as we start getting you all ready, ready for kickoff uh, for the Falcons and Lions coming up later on today. Also, that's a uh, pregame show at 11, kickoff at 1 o'clock. Also, uh, this evening, we'll have uh, Sunday night football with uh, the, Pir- with the Pirates, the Steelers, <laughs> and the Raiders. Um, kickoff at 7.30, pregame 7.30, kickoff at 8.15. Uh, that's com- coming up today on your game day Sunday. Um, Jason, last night, and you were there on the call along with Mike Conte, and you've been on this roller coaster ride this season that has been this season for Atlanta United. Um, some great triumphs, some disappointing and just just losses that just had to just anger uh, some people. But all said and done, we've clinched the postseason, and that's one of the many goals, one of the boxes you wanted to check. Yeah, I feel like the the roller coaster ride, if anything, has been about what we saw last week against Miami and, and this week in the match last night where you knew this team was capable of these things. And, yeah, I, I think they were capable of it before the summer transfer window when they added some amazing pieces. I thought the record should have been better than it was to that point and defensively made some mistakes, gave up some goals, especially late goals, dropped some results. That was where the frustration came from. I think it's easy if you're you're not on the roller coaster to feel like it's been a lot of highs and lows. It hasn't been as high as maybe it could have been at times. It also hasn't been as low as maybe people would lead you to believe. You go back to the last game before the summer transfer window, before the League's Cup break, and Atlanta United was 7th in the East, 8th overall in Major League Soccer. Now they're 5th in the East, and they're 6th overall in Major League Soccer. What has happened, though, is, to me, the ceiling for this team has dramatically risen. When I looked at the team as they were constructed in the first half, I thought they were a playoff team. I thought they were a team that, with Yakimakis, with Almada, they could go score a lot of goals. I worried about it defensively. I wasn't sure if they were a deep run in the playoff team. Now, with the additions that have been made and how the chemistry's come together, just getting to the playoffs isn't the accomplishment. It's getting into the top four. It's hosting big playoff games, and it's winning big playoff games. This is a team that can go all the way. And I don't know if they were that in the first half of the year. Good team in the first half. Yeah. Now they can be a great team. Great team because of great results that we're seeing. At the time of the year, you want to see them. Yep. And, of course, when Greg and I are here and we can get to hear a certain goal call by Mike Conti, <laughs> it just makes the day. And we got one of them last night. Piet then. Plays it back to Alvarez, who will go all the way back to Sirwa, who's 30 yards off his line. He'll be chased by Yakimakis. Sirwa starts it up to Corbo on the right side. He's under pressure from Silva, and he steals it. And here's a tip by Yakimakis. Score! Boom, Yakimakis! Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when we get that for, for Mike Conti. Um, but to, to have him contribute and the season that he's having, first of all, individually he's tied for the golden boot lead in major league soccer he has been one of the best strikers in the league and I think he's still honestly getting comfortable to the way games in this league go I think he's getting comfortable in now the new combinations of players around him Sean De Silva who helped create that turnover Silva had an amazing match last night Saba Lobchenidze is one of only three players 
to in MLS history to get three goals and three assists in less than 300 minutes played. Wow. Saba started his first game alongside Yakimakis and Almada and Silva last night. That attacking quartet is going to be a problem for teams. And they're still finding their chemistry. That's what's so amazing about it. Yakimakis has 15 goals. Almada has 16 assists and 10 goals, which is nuts. Saba, in limited minutes, has three and three. Silva is just wrecking teams right now on the dribble. He had a goal and an assist early last night. This is a great attack, but I think where Atlanta has really improved as of late is how they control games and how they defend. And that was what was missing. We knew the attack would be good. It's gotten even better. Yep. It's the defensive side. You know, I'm I'm not fully on in, in this game that defense wins championships. I think you have to have somebody who can put the ball in the back of the net. Mm-hmm. Atlanta's got that. But it's hard to win championships without a good defense in Major League Soccer. I think Atlanta's got that now. 4-1, your final. Uh, Atlanta over CF Montreal and uh, here's Gonzalo Pinedo talking about the many phases. As you talked about this team, the different phases being being, being shown in last night's win. M- many things. I think there were. It was a very very positive game in many many uh, phases of the game. Offensively, it was very good. The beginning of the game, I think we should have scored a goal earlier. Uh, it didn't come, but I like the mentality of the team uh, where where we continue creating chances and, and disrupting Montreal's defensive line. Um, so offensively, it was very good, very creative. I like the numbers inside the box, the fluidity, the directness in our attacks. It was impressive, and it was impressive in all those different aspects. The way they started, and it's tough on a week like this where you play a home game, then midweek you go to D.C., and they, they should have won that game, and they didn't. And, and one of the things that Gonzalo told us on Friday when we had a chance to catch up with him was he really liked that his team wasn't satisfied with a draw on the road. You get draws on the road and you win your home games, you're going to be a very, very good team. Right. But they weren't satisfied with just the draw on the road. They had the 1-0 lead, couldn't see it out. They finished 1-1. But then you have to pick yourself up, get home early in the morning on Thursday, have a region day, have a walkthrough essentially, a little bit more than that on Friday, and then you play straight again. And the legs can be heavy. The energy level can be low. The way they started last night was incredible. And then not just to start well, but it took a minute to get that first goal. And and I'm with Gonzalo. The first goal should have come earlier. If it comes earlier, I think the game is not even a contest because I think you blow Montreal out of the water. But it took a while. And in in the past, at times – You've seen this team have great chances, not score, and then you see a drop in the energy level. You see that lull happen with the way that they play. Didn't happen last night. They kept going. They got the goal. They kept going. They got the second goal, right. and that gave them the cushion the whole way through. Jason, thoughts about the you know what's left for this for this team now? You get three matches remaining, three tough matches, three very tough matches. Uh, thoughts about who's left on the schedule, and in an ideal world, we sweep them. But 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 thoughts about that and. Because you still have something to, to aim for. Yeah, you, you go three out of three in these last three, and, and you're absolutely talking about this team as a favorite to win MLS Cup. But it's going to be difficult. You've got two on the road, one at home. You get Columbus at home in between a trip to Philadelphia and a trip to Cincinnati on decision day. Now, how they play out actually works really well for Atlanta United because Atlanta's off this upcoming Saturday. It's just where the bye week fell. 
I love that it fell here. Yeah. Because you get rest, but it's not during an international break. So the team's going to be together. So you can get a couple extra days off at the beginning of the week, but then you can train through and be ready to go next Wednesday, not this Wednesday, the following in Philadelphia. Meanwhile, Philadelphia plays on Wednesday this week, plays again on Saturday, and then has to play Atlanta United. So I love that. Philly's a high energy team. They're not going to have high energy in that game. I love Atlanta's chances. Then you turn around and come back and play Columbus. Both of those are really good tests to see where this team is. Right. Cincinnati on decision day will probably have first place in the East clinched. They have a nine point cushion. They're in solid shape there. They're probably going to end up winning the supporter shield. How seriously will they take that last day with everything locked up and going into the postseason? They might not take that last game as seriously. And if Atlanta has to get something to get into the top four, yeah, that might be on the table for them. Top four is critical because the first round of the MLS playoffs is a best of three. Home field advantage is so critical in, in this league. We see it with Atlanta with 10 wins at home this year. If it comes down to a game three, you want it in your building. you got to get into the top four for that to happen. Atlanta's level on points with three, four, five, and six right now. The East is so tight. Yeah. As long as we don't have to go to in, anywhere in New York. Uh, because those places, that shouldn't have to happen. Those places have just been nightmares. Yeah, that shouldn't have to happen. Hey, Atlanta went to New York in the playoffs in eighteen and got a win in Game One at at Yankee Stadium. Regular season's been difficult there. NYC shouldn't be in that situation. Yeah. Red Bull shouldn't Red be in that Bulls, situation. They're okay. still trying to play their way in. In the East right now, the best teams in current form are Atlanta and Orlando. New England's fallen off. Philadelphia is the defending champ in the East. Cincinnati, after a great, great start, is still very good. Right. But the form has dropped a little bit. It's Atlanta and Orlando right now that are playing the best soccer in the East. And that's what you want. That's what you want at this stage of the season. Uh, and having people pretty pretty healthy. We're pretty healthy right now. Yeah, you don't have any injuries really to speak of outside of Machoke Chole, who's just struggled to get on the field consistently. You got depth. You've got right now four wingers, and you start two at a time and rotate the other two in so you get fresh legs coming into the attack. Mm -hmm. And you have two of the best fullbacks in the league in Brooks Lennon and Caleb Wiley. Caleb Wiley, I think we take it for granted that the 18-year-old is just a, a, a man in this league now. He is just a monster. He seems like he wants to fight everybody every game, and I love it. Um, but Brooks Lennon is another guy with double-digit assists. Yeah. These are two national team caliber fullbacks. It's just a really good group right now. Got a, got a week off to get rested and ready for these final three matches. But right now, things are looking great for Atlanta United. How about the other folks that live in the Benz? How about the Falcons? They're on the road today. We're going to talk about them when you stay with us on this Sunday morning. Sam, along with Jason here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game, 92.9thegame.com. Sports Radio 9290game.com. Sam and Jason Longshore with you on this Sunday morning. Glad you're with us. Uh, working our way up to Falcons football uh, this afternoon at 1 o'clock. Falcons and Detroit Lions uh, up in the Motor City where folks up there are pretty excited about their football team. And um, later on in our show, we're going to be joined by Sean Belegian uh, from Detroit to give us more about the vibe up there and how why people are so excited about this team. Well, I guess when you go out in your season opener, Jason, and you beat the Super Bowl champions, I guess that uh, that opens some people's eyes and gets some folks excited. That helps a little bit for sure, but then you don't follow that up. And now this is a Lions team with some key injuries that 
I feel like Atlanta might be able to exploit. Yep, I think so too. I think so too. And you know, my, my position with the Lions is show me. Yeah, I'm not from Missouri, but show me, man, because I, <laughs> I, I know what these guys have done over the years. Um, I think I think it was Sean Belegian that pointed out to us one time since the advent of the Super Bowl, since the Super Bowl started, the Lions have won one playoff game. Wow. I knew they'd never been to a Super Bowl, but one playoff win. One playoff win since '66. Yeah. <laughs> That's hey, you know how do you, how do you keep showing up for that on Sundays, man? Well, they don't really. Sometimes <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that goes. But this is a better team. I mean, it is a better team. Dan Campbell's got him going in the right direction. Um, I want to see if he can be that guy that gets them playoff wins. I don't know yet. I think we go into this game, I mean, you got to look at the two running backs, the two rookies, and, and it's really the showdown between, what, the number eight pick and the number 12 pick in yep. this last draft, and you know Jameer Gibbs well, and yeah. we're getting to know B. John Robinson well. It should be a fun one between those two. It should be. It should be, and Gibbs, uh, so so much um, excitement for him, obviously, uh, from Dalton and, and started his collegiate career at Georgia Tech and on to Alabama. I'll never forget for Mother's Day, we talked with his grandmother. Mm -hmm. And she was, uh, it really like brought him up along and, and talked about, you know, all the things she tried to instill in him. And just, he was just this determined, just this determined young man, just determined, determined person. And uh, we look forward to seeing him today. I said, uh, I said how'd you feel? They're going to play the Falcons. You know, he goes, she said, she's planning on being there. So uh, <laughs> to see him, I, it's going to be a big moment, a big moment for him, obviously, uh, to face his hometown team. Uh, very special. But this Falcons team uh, has shown you a little something, I think, defensively. The investment was made in the offseason, obviously, to uh, to establish this defense to, to um, and have something that can be a bit more formidable um, and a bit more consistent. And I think we're seeing that right now. Yeah, I think they have shown that. And that's the... That's the thing that's been missing with this team. You know, we've we've talked about the offense. And I think we're going to talk a lot about Desmond Ritter all year long and his continued development. And can he be that guy that wins big games when you need him to? We'll find out as time goes. But I like his development. But none of it matters if you don't have a defense that's competitive. None of the offensive weapons, none of the conversation about Ritter matters if you can't stay in game. Yeah. I think we saw that last year. Right. A lot of really close games that the defense lets you down. They might have been a playoff team last year if you had a better defense. This year, you've got a playoff-worthy defense. Now, yep. how far can you go with this offense, with that defense backing you up? What that defense does, too, is, is gives the offense time. If they get off to a slow start in the game, maybe mm -hmm. that defense goes out and gives them time, uh, maybe some takeaways to give them some more possessions. There are a lot of ways that this defensive unit can come out and really help this offense along, and, and really it's good for, for, for Desmond Ritter to know that if there's a mistake made or something, don't worry, the defense is going to go back and, and get the ball back for you. Do some good things in, in that way. Yeah, it's a really tough spot for a young quarterback if they don't trust that their defense can keep them in a game because then you feel like, I can't make a mistake. I can't try to hit that pass into a tight window that might come off that might get intercepted. Yeah. If you start to feel like my defense can't back me up, you make bigger mistakes or you don't go for those opportunities when they're there. And I think that's the biggest change that you have now. If the the passing game's not clicking with this offense and you need a couple series to, to get through it and figure out what is working, you're going to have that with this defense. They're going to keep you in games 
and I think you have the talent to go win games. I think we saw that last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we saw a guy, one guy that was all over the field last Sunday is Caden Ellis, and I had a chance to talk with him after the game, and I uh, just talked about, hey, you're just going out there, and you're just doing what you have to do. This this, this a defensive unit, and um, he was just pleased with the way the team, the way they won the game last week, and uh, against the Pullman, and to show that they can come from behind uh, late in games is something that's. You know, you put a pin in something like that. Mm-hmm. You put a pin in something like that and says, hey, you know, we've done this. We've been here before. We can do this. And I think that's um, that, that was big. But just, you know, talking with him um, and just the way he says guys like, like like Bud Dupree, some veterans who've been around this game, been in this league for some time, the opportunity to do what they have, the opportunity to do here in Atlanta, I think they're really very excited about it. And what people, maybe people are sleeping on this division a little bit too. A lot of people are not expecting much from the AFC South. I think um, this team can come up and really make some noise and say, oh, yeah, don't forget about us if they go up there and get a win today in Detroit. What what I'm so curious about in this game is Detroit gave up 30-plus points at home last week against Seattle. This is an Atlanta team that can hurt you a few different ways. And you mentioned it earlier about Ritter and opening up the playbook as you go and getting him more comfortable this is a game with multiple injuries in the secondary that maybe you do open it up a little bit earlier and you see where that secondary is with the backups coming in for Detroit. And if you don't have that, I think you have such a variety of ways to get B. John Robinson into the game in the passing game. You've got multiple running backs who can hurt you. You've got Pitts. You've got London. There's so many different weapons for this team that – you can find what works against this Lions team that, frankly, a lot of things worked for Seattle last week. <laughs> yep, yep. Well, I'll tell you what. Arthur Smith this week talked some about Desmond Ritter, his improvement with his decision-making. Let's hear from Coach. Yeah, I mean, the arming on that, right? He checks the protect. They bring zero. Yeah. So you get a built-in mechanism. He checks it. Uh, you know, talk about you know, understanding. And then to be able to get that. But that shows his athletic ability, how twitchy he really is, and, like, to be able to – what I've always liked about Dez is you watch some of these guys that are play extenders, they throw everything like Rick Vaughn, 99-mile or fastball, 100-run, <laughs> right, whatever it was. And uh, what he does, he can change change the speed and the directory, and sure. that's a naturalness to him. Hey, just one follow-up on Ritter, and then, as we said, I was trying to explain to guys in my section, the throw to Jono, that's another laser well, that he what, puts in. Wait, wait, he puts yeah, it. Because right. Savage is in front of him, right. and to hit that, to hit that seam kind of route, route in the middle field close, he knew where to put it. That's being a passer. Yeah. And the thing is, like, we had a look. He saw the look. They played soft on uh, on Bijan and, and Kyle. So he's coming, working back in his progression where he's got a high-low with Jono and Drake. And he fired that thing in there, put it where he needed to, where the safety couldn't get it, and knew a, a guy that likes to play inside the, uh, the numbers. And uh, it was a big play by him. One, I mean, I think Ritter's a better passer than he's gotten credit for so far. I, I think he's got that ability when he's checking down and he's finding those progressions to find the open man, that's that's a credit to where he is in his development. Two, to me, and this has been since day one of preseason, it sounds like Arthur Smith is having a lot of fun with this team. <laughs> he sounds like he is really having a blast with this group, and he's got the team that he wants. A Ricky Bond re- uh, reference. Oh, I always love that. My goodness. But, <laughs> can he do that? that? That was him on with Dukes and Bell. And one more thing for him, let's talk about what he sees uh, and, and this Detroit team that he's facing today, uh, let's see what Coach has to say about the opponent. 
they'll be ready to go. You know, they're coming off a tough loss to Seahawks in overtime. We know what they're about. It's going to be a heavyweight fight. And so I told the guys, get ready. You try to work through it, and we're going to get their best shot. And I promise you they'll be ready to roll, and we'll be ready to roll. And so we got to have a good week. But this is a big game for us. Big game indeed in a number of ways. Uh, first time they're taking it on the road after two two games at home and uh, second second uh, consecutive week. Maybe it's an opponent from the NFC uh, North, they, uh, Central. That's going to be great to see how they do against another team because who's going to win that division? You know, the old black and blue. I guess the Vikings are going to win it. I don't know. Packers – and Packers can still be a good ball team. I mean, you got a co- you got a quarterback who's a third-year guy but his first year as a starter. So, I mean, that's what we were facing last week. And, you know, he looked good in moments. You know, love look, 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 you know, look good in moments. Um, Didn't look good on that quarterback snake. No, no. What happened there? Man, I was watching that. I was sitting, I couldn't believe that happened, right? I, I was I was driving. I was between <laughs> uh between games last week, heading up to Kennesaw and, and listening to the call here on 929 the game. And <laughs> Wes and Dave about busted out laughing when that happens because that's the last thing you expect is the quarterback to fall over the guard on a quarterback sneak. <laughs> just fall before the snap. Just yeah, fall before, over the guard before the snap. Just lost his balance. Oh my goodness! Uh, and so we were like, of all things that could happen on that play, that's something you that, were you were that not. Was ex- not on the list. It was yeah. not on the bingo card. <laughs> we were not expecting that at all, uh, folks. With Falcons get the win last week. That was great to see them get that. They're two and zero for people who just want to see how this thing rolled out. And, and and you know, some things are still developing because you think about how the preseason went. And how little time you go in the game. It's and so different than it used to be. Yeah. It, it it really feels like now in the NFL, preseason is to make some roster decisions. It's to get rookies acclimated. It's not to figure out exactly who you are as a football team like it used to be. Yeah. Now those first few games are that. You, you kind of play your way into form as opposed to using the preseason to do it. It, it is a change. It is a change. But, you know, you want you want your best to be healthy and ready to go yep. when the bell rings because, as we've seen around the league, there is that, that, that rate of attrition where you will lose uh, some players. And, unfortunately, we've seen some some guys uh, be lost for the season just this week. We think about Nick Chubb. So you, you, you have that. So in the preseason, you don't want that happening in the preseason. You want right. to at least get to the, the games that really matter. Depth uh, is key. And depth is is so important. I feel like that's another big element of what the Falcons did in offseason. And you look at the depth going up against Detroit this weekend, and and I keep going back to Detroit secondary. You know, you lose C.J. Gardner-Johnson to injured reserve, pectoral injury. You possibly lose Emmanuel Mosley for a while. It looks like he's out for this weekend. If you're the Falcons and – I know this team wants to be about 50-50 in the pass and the run. You see that secondary with multiple members on the injury list. Does it go a little more pass-heavy today? I, I would give it a shot. You, you want to see I would that. too, especially you, early. You, you got to test who's back there. You got to test who's back there. Test it, see what happens, and if you have to lean on your tried and true, you know what you can do. You go down here, down here you got Bijan. And then you got Tyler Gilles just waiting to be a sledgehammer. Yeah. That, you know, what a change of pace, right? I love it. I love the combination. And the thing about Bijan that I love maybe the most is the ability to get him touches in that passing game. Mm-hmm. And it makes Ritter have all these different options. And we also saw that he can tuck and run and, and do that as well. That was the other thing last week. Yeah. That, that he didn't mind at certain mm-hmm. moments. 
did you take this is what you're going to give me I'm, I'm going to take it myself I'll do yeah that. i love that and i love that he's making these decisions and he's pretty much making all the right decisions so far but when you have Bijan robinson who can be that weapon out of the backfield you can get your quarterback going with some of those high percentage passes mm -hmm. get them going and that sets up the deeper ball that's something I think this week maybe we see that step for the Falcons. And I'm I'm with you. I think early, you go and you test that secondary. Test the secondary, see what they got, see if you can get some completions down there. How about some cow pits? I'd love to see some cow pits. Gotta get him going. And you know? and and look, I know it's easy from a you know a fantasy football perspective. We want to sit here and yell because you want all the big numbers everywhere. And and Kyle Pitts is one of the most talented tight ends, and you want him to get all those those numbers. I don't care when they come. And if it comes later in the year as you're building Ritter up and you're getting him more comfortable and you're establishing that running game and all the weapons in the offense, Kyle Pitts is going to have games where he wins it for you. He's yeah. got that ability. But you don't need that every single game because you've got to develop the entire offense and you've got to have the balance. You, you hear what you're saying? you got a guy like that and you don't have to get set. that. That's just a – magnificent place to be. That's, that's what's great about this Falcons be, right? team. Honestly, that's what's so great about this group and the potential that they have is you, you're you not looking at just one way to win games. It can be Kyle Pitts sometimes. It can be Drake London sometimes. Yeah. It can be Bijan Robinson. I think we've already seen some of that. Ritter's going to have to win those games, but I think your defense is going to be able to win some games for you as well. When you can win in multiple ways in this league, that's what separates you from the rest of the pack. Yep, yep, and that's the thing we're looking forward to with this team. Uh, Coach uh, Coach Arthur Smith's vision for this team, the way he wants to shape it, uh, that's what we're seeing to really come to fruition. We got to see a bit of it last season, not a, the type of personnel that would lead them to be a playoff yeah. team, but even with that, we're able to see some of it. Now to see it take that next step and uh, see what it really looks like, uh, to me that's been the thing where, you know, you can't wait for – each and every Sunday to see what else you're going to see from this football team. I think last year you saw some of the personality that you want this team to be. Now you see the personnel to execute the way that Arthur Smith and this front office wants. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely, folks. We watch the Falcons. Don't forget, coming up later today, pregame at 11, at 11, kickoff at 1 o'clock, uh, Falcons and the Detroit Lions right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Headed for the 7 o'clock hour, we're going to talk more soccer, but college soccer, Georgia State. Our head coach, Ed Joyce, is going to join us. Also, we're going to talk more college football and the Braves. That's coming up in our 7 o'clock hour. You stay with us on this Sunday morning here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game at 92.9thegame.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at 4. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 